So in this opportunity that we have now, may you all set your hearts on listening to the Dhamma. There are many monks, members of the Bhikkhu Sangha who have gathered together, all who have faith in the Buddha, the Dhamma and the Sangha. You'll have this sincerity to build goodness and through the right view that we have this samaditi. This wish as well, this desire to practice for the sake of purity and freedom. Setting our hearts on following the teachings of the Buddha. And from these teachings of dana, generosity, to sila, virtue, and then to a practice of meditation, we take these as our principles. Because with the building of material things, that's the sasana, vatu, the material aspects of the religion. And then there's the uh, sasana, pugala, the, the members of the religion. And so this is very important, those of us who have come this intention to practice. And this gives rise to the sasana dhamma, the dhamma of this dispensation. And so that arose during the time of the Buddha, and then it's been passed down, passed down to one of the founding fathers of this tradition, <clears throat> Venerable Ajahn Man, Ajahn Sao, and then on to their disciples and those that we take to be our teachers. So, for example, Venerable Ajahn Chah, and he was a student in turn of uh, Ajahn Ginnari, Ajahn Tongrat, and Ajahn Man. So they all laid down this path of practice. And they practiced very strictly in the Vinaya and taught that as well. And they had many students, both those from within Thailand and overseas. So many of them, there were many people who went to study in Wat Nombapong, in Rabalajan Chah's monastery. And many branches uh, grew up as well. So what he taught was for us to have a lot of mindfulness and to do that throughout the day, to consistently be cautious and to be restrained as well, to reflect upon the requisites that we gain, that these things, we just depend on them for the sake of freedom from suffering and just that that we don't become intoxicated by the gains, by the robes, or the food, or the lodgings, or the medicines that we gain, that we use them in a way that's just enough, that's just right. And we maintain our mindfulness. And knowing the, all of the things that arise within the mind and able to control the emotions that come up and have this uh, indriya sangvara, 
the uh, restraints of the faculties of the senses. So this composure over our bodies, over our eyes and our nose, our ears, our tongue, our body. Because it's the nature of things that the mind will receive these sense impressions. If our eye isn't working well, then we won't see. But it's not the case that by not seeing that we will see the Dhamma. That we receive all of these sense impressions. And then when that happens, there'll be feelings that arise within the heart. And so we need to teach our hearts at that point and teach these minds that have been conditioned by ignorance. Teach them to put down these sense impressions, to not become averse to them or to be attracted by them. And Venerable Ajahn Chah, he said that this is the path that will take us to seeing the Dhamma, to seeing truth, reality. So there's one time where I was doing walking meditation at Wat Nambapong. And then after that, I went to the Abhosata Hall. And Ajahn Chah gave this teaching. He said that the heart that isn't given to liking or disliking, that this is the path that will take us to seeing the Dhamma. So he often gave this kind of teaching, but when I was listening to it on that occasion, it really felt like he knew exactly what I was feeling. That this teaching went straight to my heart, that was right in line with what I was going through. And maybe it wasn't just me that he was teaching as well. So therefore, we should really set our hearts on this practice, knowing the path of practice already. That we be sincere in that, whether we are monastics or whether laity to give rise to goodness for the sake of seeing Nibbāna. So where is Nibbāna? Where do we see it? We see it right within this heart. And if our minds have uh, peace, and that peace becomes consistent um, through our practice, then this develops into samādhi and this becomes strong. So we bring up these meditation objects, these kamatāna objects that we've been taught right from the day that we ordained, that our preceptor, uh, Upajaya, he gave us these objects of hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth and skin. And so he taught us these already, so we should use them and contemplate them. And taught us these five objects that cover over the body. They form the external part of the body. And so the Buddha taught us uh, to contemplate these in order to bring the mind to peace. So when the mind is peaceful, then we contemplate them. Contemplate this external body. The bodies of other people, we contemplate both the external and internal aspects. And then our bodies, we contemplate the outer body and the inner body, seeing the body within the body. And so we can contemplate them in terms of the elements, and that's okay. 
seeing them as being a heap of earth, water, fire and air, seeing them as being unattractive, and that's all right too. And then the mind comes into peace in the state of samadhi. And we need to make the samadhi firm. So we've studied this way of practice, but we also shouldn't just desire quick results because it does take time as well. But when we've set our hearts on the practice, then peace will arise, and this can be really incredible when it comes up. We can see this body as being something unattractive, and through that, the mind becomes radiant. And it's really amazing at this point. And sometimes the nature of the Dharma appears for us, and we can see the body as just being natural elements. The mind becomes peaceful and still, both the body, the heart become bright. There's the samadhi there, and then wisdom appears. So Ajahn Chah, he taught that this is the straight path that leads us to freedom from suffering, to knowing and attaining the Dhamma for sure. So having heard this practice and this teaching, then we should put that into practice and be really uh, convinced or sure about this practice, bringing the mind to peace and to samadhi, and then through that, when this wisdom comes up, and we know little by little. So this wisdom is that which allows us to see in line with reality. We gain this wisdom from listening, from hearing, and maybe a nimitta arises. We can see the body of ourselves or of others as just being composed of natural elements. Or perhaps we see an image of the Buddha and his body is gold. And so this is a form of Buddha Anusati, the recollection of the Buddha. What happens depends upon the meditation object that we're using and training in. And we can also see the Dhamma, see the Sangha. And then the mind becomes still, peaceful, quenched. But we should look at these bodies, because the things that we're attached to, it's the uh, physicality and mentality, that our mind clings to these as being us, belonging to us. We should recollect the day that we were ordained, and that goal that we set ourselves then, an expectation. And how we chanted, Sapa Dukkha Nisarana Nipana Sachi Karanataya, that we take this robe for the sake of seeing Nibbana with clarity. That we don't take up these robes for the sake of building monasteries, for the sake of developing material things, because those are the duties of the laity. But the duties of the monastic is that of practice, that our work is going on arms round. Our duty is to be composed, restrained, cautious within the Padimoka, this monastic discipline, and to hold that strictly. Because this vinaya, it's offense 
that goes around us and forms the sila for us. And that sila, in turn, forms a path, uh, the path of practice to purity. So we should be firm in walking this path, and in the end we will meet with peace. So we see clearly all the things that previously we had attached to as being me, belonging to me. And the knowledge that we gain increases. We see into anatta, this not-self, we see the Dhamma. In the beginning, if the mind gathers together, then we may see all external things break apart. And this jnana, this knowledge, arises and our faith becomes firm in the teachings of the Buddha. For all of us, we're either direct disciples of Ajahn Chah, or kind of second-generation disciples of his. And perhaps some of us saw him directly, gained teachings from him directly. But for all of us, we're all in time for his teachings, to receive his teachings, to see him through his teachings. So we take those teachings and put them into practice, having this firm belief in them and in him, that he was a savaka, a noble disciple, one who had seen the Dhamma, one who had attained to this level of arahantship. So the teachings that he laid down, and we do them, we put them into practice, because they're not wrong. Now this is the path that will take us to seeing and attaining to the Dhamma. Having this mindfulness, making the energy of our samadhi grow and grow. And so this comes from the faith and the consistent effort that we put in. And then when that becomes consistent, we feel like this external work is something that's very coarse. And our work of cultivating the mind is much more refined and subtle and something that we can't afford to miss out on. There's this happiness and joy that arises within the heart. And this happiness can be very firm and compact. And through the samadhi that grows and grows, it can feel like the body is a rock or a piece of metal. That this is what happens when samadhi becomes firm. So vitaka vichara piti sukha ekakata, the initial and sustained application of the mind, this rapture, happiness, one-pointedness, are these things that we can do. Well, they're not above our ability if we set ourselves on this practice. We know this in-breath and this out-breath, and become skilled at that until rapture arises with ease, until the heart really settles into happiness. So this can happen when we chant, perhaps even just chanting uh, to invite the Dhamma talk, then pity, this uh, joy can arise. Or maybe offering food to monks on arms round, then joy can arise, or listening to the Dhamma. 
So may you set your hearts on this way of practice, practicing in line with it. And eventually then samadhi will become firm. And then through that we contemplate, and then this wisdom grows, and stage by stage becomes more and more subtle, until there's an understanding, a clear knowledge that appears, knowing this body. Perhaps we just know one part of it, like the bones. But there's this knowing that comes up, there's a brightness there. As it becomes brighter, the knowledge becomes even deeper, even more subtle. And so at this point, it uh, comes into uh, Gotara Pujita and Gotara Puryana. It's kind of the knowledge that leads the mind to change lineage from one who has thick defilements to a mind that is good and beautiful, and then to one who is noble. So, as this progresses, then we constantly are walking the maga, the path. In sila, samadhi, and panya, it spins, revolves around and around, destroying avijja, ignorance. And so this just happens all by itself when it happens. There's a great certainty there that all doubts just disappear. So may you be sincere in this, and taking your hearts and practicing in this way. Because this is the work of a monk, to train ourselves uh, like this, to put down samsara. Because if we don't abandon the cycle of birth and death, if we don't see the Dhamma, then there will always be a self there within samsara and be there for a very long time. So we need our efforts. This is a good opportunity that we have. And as monks, we have time. Time to do walking meditation, time to sit in meditation, time to cultivate our hearts through chanting. And the lay people have been generous in offering the requisites, offering these funds already. It happens through the great virtues of the Buddha. So may you put your efforts into this, and in the end wisdom will arise. There will be this clarity that appears. And knowing in the things that we should know and see. Knowing that whatever it is that we attach to, that that will cause suffering. This wisdom arises, and arises based upon the samadhi that we have, that grows stage by stage. So in the beginning, it's difficult. It's difficult to destroy this first barrier of Sakaya Diti, the self-view. But if we can destroy that, and then it progresses by itself, and there's no eighth life, and this is how Ajahn Chah taught. So therefore we have the Krubhajans, these great teachers, who are leading us and so we should practice following them. And if we do, then in no long time, we will see the Dhamma, attain to the Dhamma. So may you all set your hearts on this. <laughs>